everyone, thank you once again for tuning into another exciting episode of the Iconist Podcast. And before we get right into it, let's just get down to the brass tacks of it. First and foremost, I'm one of your hosts, Barry 3D. On my side, as always, the man, the myth, the legend. If you dancing, he's playing my cousin, Rod C. Yes, yes, yes. What? Yes. But now it's a three window. It's a three window going on, right? And the third window is our friend, Larry. And I know I'm going to mess up your last name, Larry. So, I, you know, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you. All right, Larry. It's reckless auto, but we're just going to call it Larry R from now on. All right. Larry R. <laughs> no, give yourself Larry. a little credit because I'm bad with names, Larry, and I don't hey, want to. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so Larry, uh, you know, I, I came across and met Larry from his Facebook page that he manages, which is Forgotten, Obscure, and Underrated Comic Characters, which is a huge Facebook page. So if anyone wants to know about some of the stuff we talk about and want to see more, please tune into his Facebook page. And you got to go through the hmm. whole join-up process, answer the questions properly. There's no yep. skimping. And there we go. Follow the rules. All right. Keep it keep it PG. Keep it politically correct. There we go, right? Everyone respect everybody. That's all it's about. Yep. Wow. Okay, I, I, I'm sorry, Larry. I'm telling you, I'm going to get the name right one day. So it took me, what, maybe half a year to finally get Sokolowski, my boy, the name straight. And I was doing shows with him for like for five years prior. So no problem. Hello. <laughs> uh, on that note, we're going to say, as Rod texted me the other night there, Manners Maketh the Man, because that movie was on. We're going to do a quick mm-hmm. round table. And remember, if you're going to have to go and get any kind of comic book memorabilia, comic books to start a comic book collection, you got to support the books. And the places to go to are one. You go out to Kitchener. You check out Wild Comics. Tell Wes and the guys we said hi. You head out maybe Cambridge and go to a, a Hero's Tale. Tell Andrew and the guys we said hi. Or you go out to Montreal and you check out Check Swings and tell Trevor and the rest of the guys we said hi. These are all shows, uh, the comic book stores that are behind us. And uh, we like to just kind of share that love around. On top of that, uh, as I said, I mentioned before, I also do comedy. So you can check me out at Barry3D.com. That's my website. See everything that's going on where I'm going to be next. And uh, by the time this comes out, I've just came back from the Atlantic region doing a bit of a tour. So very happy. I uh, hope you guys check it out. Also, when I do comedy, I'm also with uh, my other comedy group there, which is a touch of gray matter. That's myself, Dave Sokolowski, and Zolfao Lee. Keep us, you know, keep us in the loop. You'll see some stuff coming in the new year. Rod, real quick, where can we find you? You can find me on the World Wide Web, as I always say, on Instagram at Mr. Rod C. You can find me on twitch.tv at DJ Rod C. You can find him in the world of TikTok at DJ Rod C1. That's DJ Rod C1. Beautiful. And of course, if you want to do a podcast like we're doing, you got to check out Podbean. You can see us on there, iconist.podbean.com. That's what we use. And uh, if you need to have any kind of graphic work done for any project that you're doing, it's not too late to hit up the one and only Jay Bird Digital Art Art. Mr. Jason Reese, Jaybird Digital Arts, he'll hook you up worldwide. And you mentioned you hear about him on the Iconist podcast, and he will give you a d- 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 discount on the work. Right? And uh, let's quick shout out to Albus Forgot. We are part of the Subculture Podcast Network. So check us out along with four other podcasts. We're okay being your second favorite podcast. We're good. Just make sure to okay. like, subscribe, share, rate, review, tune in. Every week, we're good. We got something going on for you. Now, before we jump into today's topic, Larry. Hmm. I know I mentioned your Facebook page, but give us some background on a Facebook page. What made you start the Facebook page, the Facebook page, Facebook group you've got going on? Well, at the time, I was managing a comic book store, and um, we were going into uh, some of the older books that I had in the store. 
and I wanted to get out some information on some of the characters that people had never heard of when I was talking to them. Um, people like the Shield, right? Um, or um, the original Blue Beetle. Yes, yes. So I decided, you know what? Let's let's start educating people on the history mm-hmm. and find some really cool characters to find out about. I love nice. it. So listen, I, I came across this page. It came up in my sponsored feeds or, you know, or suggested feeds. And I'm like, oh, I'll join it. And then it was like, mm. <laughs> 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 like finally, it's more than besides X-Men and Justice League and Avengers. Uh, you know, it's it, it, way more than that. It's been like that for how many years? been ten way years. more than that we're hitting our 10 year mark nice we're hitting our 10 year mark wow congratulations congratulations <laughs> 10 years you know so hey the culture has been you know he's been doing it for 10 years but the culture has been around way longer than that the rest of y'all just catching mm-hmm. up this is why we do these shows and that's why that page is there yep so on that the icon is on the iconist podcast hmm. project project Pegasus. Pegasus. Project Pegasus. Now you're going to look at that and say, okay, Barry, what hero is that? And I'm like, it's not a hero. And you're going to say, well, Barry, uh, who is it? And it's not a who, it's a place. Because a lot of the things we talk about on this show, on Larry's page, everybody needs to live somewhere. Do you have a house? Do you have a house? If so, then our heroes have houses. Now we know some of the famous locations because they're always associated with them you know batman has a bat cave wayne manor tony stark uh the avengers got the avengers compound got it justice league has got the satellite or one of their locations around Peyton's tower yada 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 but outside the main properties there are other locations that are absolutely important to the culture that don't seem to get as much of a light as they should they get a mentioned it's a passing Mark and only people like us and those listening or who are about to be educated can go. There's that Easter egg. There's that mm-hmm. Easter egg. So Project Pegasus made its debut in Marvel Two in One issue number forty-two, which was the series that ran for a hundred issues, and that was the thing from the Fantastic Four. And he would have his team ups. Marvel did a lot of these team ups. So you had Marvel Two in One. Um. You know, uh, who else had an ongoing team up book? Uh, uh, Spider Man, Marvel team up. Marvel team, duh, duh, right. Spider Man, Marvel team up. Super villain team up, right, which yeah. is another one. So they were doing all these team ups, and this was great because it was seeing other characters that, you know, take a popular character. So this is pre Wolverine, because Wolverine was not in, you know, now he's in everything to team up with everybody. But beyond that, he was not. It was Spider-Man. It was a thing. And then you had the villains kind of doing it too, which was led by Dr. Doom, sorry, Namor, Dr. Doom. And that's where a lot of their backstory comes from. So when people see their stories now, they're like, well, why, why is Namor teaming up with Dr. Doom? Let's time travel back in a bit. You go to your comic book store, you pull out some back issues, you add those to your collection and you're more knowledgeable. Wow. Okay. So that's that was that was the beauty of it. So you know, Larry was the one that saying we should talk about places. I'm like, I agree. This this makes sense. Rod was talking about that the other day. Like, we should talk about places. Like, yes. So we're going to talk about the Project Pegasus. So Project Pegasus, uh, as I said, issue number forty two, Marvel two uh, one with the thing, and that's where you see Thing teaming up with Captain America, 
bringing back a character that appeared previously, who was Wendar, once again, 70s, 80s, wacky time, don't, don't knock the name, came about, and it, it was a organization that was put together by the government. Some people knew generally what they were doing, but not everybody knew how deep it went. Picture this is like Area 51. If you had to do something like that, we everyone knows of Area 51. Nobody mm. knows what Area 51 really does. Well, let's give them the it's, full name. So, Pegasus. Yes. yes. Potential yes. Energy Group Alternate Sources United States. So, they're studying energy. So, what are they going to do? They're going to grab some of these energy characters like Solar. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, maybe Quasar. Yes, yes. And right. try to figure out how their energy works. Absolutely. Um, some people were villains that were in custody that were taken over there by the, you know, by the institution. And some were volunteers. So you had like Dazzler. So Dazzler volunteered to go in there so they can understand how our powers function to find alternate energy sources and, and, and do that. I mean, pretty much we do that now. I mean, as in outside of comic books, they're looking at different forms of energy because if they didn't, we wouldn't have solar energy. You wouldn't have like wind right. energy, uh, radiation, nuclear radiation. So all these forms of energy, they're always looking for something that's different from fossil fuels. And the comic books just kind of expanded on that even more. Now, how much of it's reality and what is over to that? I don't know. I like to think it's there. And once again, this is funded by the government. So what, that's why I had this whole Area 52 uh, thing pop in my head because, like, people Project Pavis is like, oh, yeah, it's well, buildings over here in these mountains where they stand outside of uh, New York City. Okay. But no one knows fully what happens. And they had their, they're integrated with all the other um, things within Marvel, right? So they're integrated with NASA. They're integrated with S.H.I.E.L.D. They're integrated with other companies and all that. So there's a lot of boardroom antics are going on. There's a human resource element that's there. There's, you know, uh, maybe people kind of not doing what they should be doing because you always have someone since the various, organization. Yeah, the various jails in the Marvel comics. Oh, yeah. Yep. Raft yep. and Oh, yep, <laughs> and and it starts off, you know, because of them, we get later on the vault, which was an official jail cell complex for villains, right? Just like DC mm-hmm. has Blackgate, Blackgate Prison, Marvel had the vault. But before the vault, it was Project Pegasus. Yeah. Where are you putting the job application? Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right, and, and and this was cool because in issue forty two, you know, opening panel, I thought it was a lot of action in that issue. Right, you see the thing come bashing through the wall, and he's pissed off. So let's go half a second with the thing. We're talking the thing from the Ben Grimm, Fantastic mm-hmm. Four. This was a solo run. Now let's look back at some of the history. Ben Grimm was Fantastic Four. Ben Grimm at the same time was also. Loosely based character wise off the creator, okay. which was um, uh, the, Jack the King Kirby. Mm-hmm. So Jack Kirby kind of put his, I guess, character, his persona into the thing. When you ask Jack Kirby when he was alive, who do you repre- Who do you see mostly that you connect to as a character? He says, "I'm like the thing. My, I, you know, I base the thing from the Fantastic Four off of my personality, my views." 
He's Jewish. He was, if you look at, uh, just a Jack Kirby, you know, he's always, he, he smoked a stogie. He had his cigars. He was a short, stocky guy, right? He came up poor. He, he, he looked like he could, you know, handle himself in a street fight too at the same time. So a lot of that perlays into the thing. So when you read the thing, be it with the Fantastic Four or the solo run, you see, maybe it was dreaming where, wait, not dreaming totally, but, Jack Kirby starting off of saying, hey, this is why I, I am, this is the person I am, and things I would like to do. And the thing is an accomplished uh, uh, Air Force pilot, United States Air Force yep. pilot. Right? So he, even though he talks streetwise, he's mm-hmm. smarter than he looks. And that's why I think a lot of people undersell that. So in this issue, why I'm bringing all this up, in issue number 42, the thing shows up. Captain America is there. He's busting in because he's trying to save this guy who looks like a grown man who goes by Wondar, but really has the mind of a seven-year-old in a grown man's body with energy powers. And he calls the thing Uncle Benji. That's how he sees him. So the thing, when he found out that he was being held there against his will, and they almost kind of experimenting on him, lost his temper now keep in mind before the thing was met reed richards before he was with fantastic four before he was a test pilot he was part of a street gang called the yancey street gang his Mm. brother was a part of this gang running the gang leading the gang he looked up to his brother and then during a street fight with another gang his brother was killed in front of him at the age of eight where caused ben to start cursing running grabbing a pipe and then jumping into the fight himself swinging and with the police arriving finally to break this thing up, you know, most people got away. Ben didn't. He was taken back with his parents. Um, you know, and I think his parents, his dad was an alcoholic. So he was with his, uh, you know, he was shipped off with his aunt and uncle at one point because uh, one of his family members died. So he went with his aunt and uncle. Now, his uncle was more successful. His uncle was a doctor. His uncle got away from all that poverty and really clawed his way out from Yanti Street to be more successful. Because now, in between that, Ben was became the leader at one point of the Yanti Street Gang. Left yep. the Yanti Street Gang, joined, you know, moved uptown. Because he moved uptown, his friend saw him as a sellout. He lost his standing with the Yanti Street Gang. They worked on him, worked on him. He kind of came around. He went to school. He was able to maybe take his size, uh, his energy, and do it on the football field. He got himself a scholarship, got himself into college, but Reed Richards, and pretty much you know the rest is history, how it went. But during that time, his aunt, she passed away from cancer. His uncle met someone else, remarried, and she too was a positive influence on Ben. Very much so. They connected very quickly. And that was his famous Aunt Petunia. Petunia. (laughs) Ooh, ooh, ooh. Call that for (laughs) half a second. So now... I don't know, and that's the true question. I don't know. Maybe Larry, you know how much of a how parallel that is, maybe with Jack Kirby's life. I don't know. Very. Actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, very. Um, yeah. He put himself in art, in art school, right? And uh, other than that, pretty much street gang got in trouble. Got uh, father dies from alcohol poisoning, right? And so on. So yeah. A lot of it was a lot of Ben Graham is, yeah. Okay. Now, um, even matter I of fact, know that there's yeah. a really there is a really good issue of What If mm-hmm. that was What If the uh, Fantastic Four was the uh, Marvel bullpen. Uh, yes, I oh. remember that issue. 
Right. And Jack was the thing. Right. So, right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but now let, let, let's go a little quick onto Wondar though. So yeah, you got to go back a little bit for Wondar. Not, not too much. Um, let me see. I think it was a fantastic four issue that introduced him, mm. but basically his backstory starts out like Superman. He's an alien. His ship lands, but he's a no, he's an adult, but he doesn't have the brain. He doesn't have the mental capacity Absolutely. yet right. of a grown adult. He's a seven year old. Then he ends up hooking up with Ms. Marvel for a couple issues. We're talking Carol Danvers. Yeah. Original. And that's when Project Pegasus kidnaps him. Hey. Okay. And mm-hmm. the next time you see him is Marvel 2 and 1 42. With Benji breaking in to yeah. save him and Cap trying to say, no, this is not what it looked like. Yes. And the best line in there actually is because you know, Ben's doing his famous, you know, grouchy street level. And he's like, listen, I happen to know you're a test pilot. And you know a lot more about science than you let on. <laughs> that was the beautiful line. I thought that stuck out so much. And Ben Grimm's answer to that was, yeah, we're going to have an image to keep up. <laughs> like this is why if you people you hear Ben talk, right? You're yeah. like, oh, okay, he's just the muscle bound guy, grouchy guy, blah blah blah. Then you look at it and you think, now if you really pay attention to what Ben does, Ben piloted the Fantastic Four rocket. He's their pilot first and foremost. He was in the United States Air Force. He's flown he's flown black op missions at the request of Nick Fury. Okay. Hey, so if you're physically, he's physically fit. Prior to being the thing, he's physically fit. He's a football player. Mm-hmm. He's physically fit. He knows how to scrap because he was part of a street gang and he held, held that down and became the leader of that street gang. Right. He, his initiation was kind of breaking in and stealing stuff from a pawn shop and he ended up stealing um, Star David, you know, and, and to get into that gang. So let's go through. So he's got all that training. So now take that and put a military United States Air Force training behind that. So that's weapons training. That's that's Air Force, you know, learns how to fly. He, he's not a dumb man, even though he's like, you bums all the time, you bums, clobbering uh, time. Oh, okay, that's what he says. But you put him behind a plane, he's good to go. Because in that issue, at one point, you know, Wendar, uh, you know, Wendar kind of gets drained from uh, some of his energy, and it kind of forms because there's a plot the cosmic cube, that same cosmic cube that the, the Red Skull is always trying to get. And, you know, for our friends that, that watched only the movies, even picture the Tesseract. Okay, that's where it kind of comes down to. Ben Grimm walks into a hangar with Steve Rogers, both of them, I mean, Captain America. Walk into him like, oh, here's a new exper- experimental plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, they're doing the checklist. No, I'm leaving now. Yeah, but sir, we haven't done the checklist. Captain America turns around and looks at the rest of the crew going, he knows more about this plane that was made by Stark International than you guys do. Don't worry about it. We're going, we're going. And within minutes, Ben's like, click, 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 click. Okay, we're going. He flies off in this experimental plane. How smart do you have to be to fly a plane you've never flown before 
right? And Tony Stark likes to be as smart as possible, putting all these extra gadgets in it, and he flew it without without a problem. Right. All but right. of course, he's used to he's used to read fly. <laughs> so I yeah. mean, <laughs> bottom line is, if you can fly Reed Richards stuff, you can fly it's you know uh, Tony's. Uh, Tony's Tony's no not Tony's it's Tony Stark a regular stuff. a regular one a regular yeah but this one was made by Tony Stark so it's Tony Stark oh. Reed Richards mm, apples oranges potato potato whatever. Uh, He's going to do it. So this is why I, I, I like this whole issue, but this is where it brings in Project Pegasus and what they're trying to do. And then they give a whole breakdown. So I think it was in uh, the Deluxe Marvel Universe um, handbook, issue number 10, that you can get into mm-hmm. some of those things. So if you really want to see what I, we're talking about, when they give a breakdown of who's there, they give a, 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 a you know a picture, a, a, you know, of the figureheads, the main people that were there. There's a lot more people yeah. than that, too many to cover. But it was a two issue spread, a two a two page spread in that issue. So page one has all that information, and page two a little bit more, and then it gives a breakdown, like an actual architectural breakdown of what it looks like. And this is what I love about the Marvel universe is like they got artists to say, okay, it, you know, it goes with that draftsman part of me, the architect part of me, and say, yeah. Here's a building. This is what it's got to do. All right. This floor is on this floor. This floor is connected to this floor. This building is connected to this building, blah, 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 blah. And you can visualize it. Like if Marvel, the MCU said, hey, we wanted to build this building. All they got to do is like, here's a blueprint. Who's your blueprint? We really know. And if you stick with that and recreate that, fans will know, oh, you're on, you know, level, level E. Oh, we know it's on level E. We're on level B. We know it's on level B. We know how you have to connect from one to the other. This is why I say it gets amazing. It's amazing because people get caught up with, okay, shield, got it, no problem. Right. right. First and foremost, DC Universe, the, you know, Star Labs, okay, we know how that plays around in some of the other locations. But things like this, we never covered. So I can't even remember. I've got to look this up. When was that first issue? When did issue 42 come up? What was the first? Do we have a date, parents of that? Eight? Um, that. Came out in ooh, August. Uh, we got a year. We got a year. Oh, we will figure it out. I'll figure it out. Give me. Yeah. 1970, 1978. Yeah. So, so August, yeah, 1978. 19... August, 1978. Oh, okay, okay. Here we are in 2024. Do the math, people. This has been around a long time, and this is why these movies, shows, do so well, because there's such a rich history behind it. So, that, that's me speaking on that. You know, Larry, what, what's your whole take on on having these locations, and, and do you want to see more of these locations pop up? I know we're going to cover them, but would you want to see this show up in a cartoon, a TV show, a, a live-action oh. movie? Heck yeah. That's one of the things I loved about like Hulk and Agents of Smash and um, Avengers Assembled because yes. you actually got to see these in the cartoon versions. Yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah. I think it's important. See. Yeah. Now, as far as the blueprint thing out, and that I loved when they put blueprint issues out in the back pages because I'm like, I mean, I'm still like, when I win the lottery, I'm building the X Mansion. <laughs> Touche, sir. <laughs> I've never heard anybody say that, but it's the most common sense statement out of anyone's mouth. If I make money, I want the X Mansion. 
I want Xavier's. Uh, uh, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, 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 now. Before we go any further, Larry, are are we talking just the top, or are are we actually going to start looking into uh, sub levels and uh, training rooms and you know particular ha- pathway to the Blackbird and 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 so forth? Just out of curiosity, is well, is that I, within the budget? If I is have enough money for the hangar, but I don't think that's going to happen. But I am going to have the gym downstairs to be the danger room. Danger room. Okay, cool. <laughs> do, 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 we, do we at least get a, do we get a, maybe a, a smaller version of cerebral, if anything? <laughs> but we'll leave that for you. And when you do, um, don't forget to give us a call. Thanks, man. <laughs> You're the best, Larry. You're the best. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> See, that's that's next level. That's why I like James Bond movies, the old James Bond movies, because the villains had the oh best God. hideouts. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Like, what was yeah. all about Octopussy where they had that out, that hideout out in the water and it just came above the sea kind of thing <laughs> and it went underwater again? I'm, okay, Larry, I'm with you because you mentioned X-Mansion and I'm thinking is like oh your media gosh. room is going to be thick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That would be, yeah, that'd be funny. That'd be funny. You know, say for the female viewers that are listening or watching, you know, we have to understand something about men. Men love caves. This is why Batman has a cave. This is why Superman has a fortress of solitude. It's removed. It's almost like a cave. This is why the X Mansion has sub levels. Men love caves. We don't care if the house is one story above ground, but we want it five stories below. Parking, yeah, yeah. entertainment, gym, whatever. And if you if you turn around and laugh, let's let's digress for half a second and look at real life. If you watch the first Iron Man movie with Richard, uh, um, Robert Downey, Robert, Robert uh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. is his mansion uh, from the outside is a real location. It's a real house that half hanging over the cliff. And it's owned by a husband and wife couple that you might have heard of, depending on how you feel about music. Swiss Beats and his wife, Alicia Keys. That's who owns that mm-hmm. house right now, and they live into it. That's their, they go home, that's their mailing address. That, that is their house. Okay. Flag on the play. Can you penalty, bro? Can you penalty? The one that got blown up at the end when he said, come find my house off the yeah. cliff? Yeah. Yeah. Google it. Swiss Beats and Alicia Keys. That's their Continue. house. Continue. That's, that's their I, house. Honestly, if you go online, they, they're sitting there. There's a video of them walking through the house and they're like, yeah, we got the Iron Man house. And it's like, ha, 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 ha. And you look, you're like, holy crap, they really do got the Iron Man house. That's that's where it was filmed. Well, I know it's someone's house. I like. Sorry, people. I'm just side, I'm, I'm going. I'm sidestepping right now. I know it's someone's house. Like we yeah. all know, even like the you know the um the X Mansion, it's up here in in um somewhere in Ontario on this side. Yeah. The house, right. the house, the external of it. Is, so I know it's someone's house. Mm. I just thought it was someone. You know, let's like, say, hey, we're gonna pay you a little money. Can we borrow your house for a while? We just need it for a couple of months for a couple of shoots. Sure, no problem. Go ahead, Marvel. Now I realize it's actually Swiss Beats house. <laughs> it's yeah, me, Switches. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. So all right, sorry, retracting. I'm done. I'm quiet. Okay. I'll just close. I'll close my camera right now. Bye, everybody. I'm out. Nah. What the hell? 
So this is what this the beauty of this is. So it's to your point, Larry. Anytime they put like I love architecture. Like me and Rod, we did a drafting course mm. way back when we were in high school, yeah. and I love doing this stuff uh, and reading on it. So when they put these out, the blueprints, the cutaways in the comics magazines, regardless of who it is, the walkthroughs, um, those are the issues that I buy the most. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I'll make sure I always have a copy of those, and and if they update it, I want to know. So. And and this is really what speaks to me. So, I mean, if you're looking at the Project Pegasus from the outside, from what the public sees, right, they see, for example, uh, a radio observ- observatory. And then you see there's two other buildings. And this is what I'm talking above ground. Uh, there's administrative buildings, okay? And then in the middle, there's a silo that's there, and it's an optical observato- observatory. And then off, there's other two ones, and they're called like, supply domes. That's all it is. And it's got a fence, you know, a wall around it. Okay, mm-hmm. very simple. That's above ground. But below ground, there is like five levels below ground connected by what they call the loop. It's like their own transportation system that kind of spirals down and up to get to the different levels. It, it looks almost like a, a DNA molecule ram that they put together. So you got the silo in the middle, and then, you know, uh, level A is like solar. I'm looking here at my notes. So uh, A level solar power research there right and you know you got the zoom level blah 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 b level is communications uh and then you got the magneto gravitic 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 research c level main level of security which we'll gonna come back to right and then you know there's other like side spheres it was a new oskosh living module nuclear waste research the compound human research which a lot of stuff happens on you know, and it goes, let's see here. D level is administration. E level is analyst computer center. F level is maintenance and stories. Sorry, maintenance and stores. G level is life support, environmental control. All right. They even have a spot in here that says Miami Beach living module. I'm in <laughs> Miami, trick. Okay. Um, <laughs> H level is fast breeder reactor. Project power source. And then it shows, okay, the pit, nuclear waste disposal. So these are all in here with even showing more than that. Escape tubes, like rocket escape tubes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. And it's funded by the U.S. government. So because of that, they have their ties in with other government facilities, as I mentioned before, which is like, you know, at the time it was S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, uh, Stark International, Spain International. One mm. point was working with them. Um, their rival was Roxanne Oil. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different thing altogether. Uh, but very important but, to the storyline. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that they are a little bit underlined. I would love to see them doing more. We see them pop up. Roxanne Oil I'm talking about. You hear more about them with uh, in the beginning of Alpha Flight, with especially Guardians um, History mm-hmm. or Vindicator at the time. And the Serpent uh, Crown. Yes, and the Serpent Crown, which is like you know the the Serpent <laughs> Society that comes in. So they 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 you know bad guys have their stuff too, but so do the good guys. I think that this here is so important. So let's let's break down some of the maybe the the main people that they had at the time, be it as administrators, heads of security, and all that. Do you got, you got a list there, Larry, of some of these people? Uh, let's see. I'm just gonna go through a few of the people that uh, made appearances uh, in. In sure. that. So we've got mm-hmm. um, Guardsman. Yes. We've got, as I said, Quasar. Yep. 
Darkhawk later on. Yeah. Uh, in the storyline, in this in this particular storyline with Wandar, now one of the things about Wandar is he starts out as one thing and ends up as something else. So do a couple other characters. But right. you got Thundra shows up. Yeah. The um, grapplers. Claw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Master of uh, Sound, which is very important to the Black Panther storyline. Yep. Yep. Um, Sitwell. Agent Sitwell. Yes. Um, let's see who else. In, um, oh, there's a character and starts out as Black Sun, becomes the Nth Man, and I thought now he's got a different name. Um, mm-hmm. before he died, he died recently, I think. Uh, so he's been three things throughout this right. whole thing, and he ties in with Squadron Supreme, who actually ended up living a Project Pegasus for a while. That's right. That's right. So, and then there's other people that have made the appearance from early on. So we're going to double back. And I know. Oh, and people, oh we're just giant man. Giant this man. Is right. story, yeah. This is okay. the story where Bill Foster changes from black Goliath. Because every black hero has got to be black something. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason to giant man. Very important. And that's the in between, I think like around the, the time he's like, near the tail end of the champions, the original run when it was black widow, her, uh, ice man, angel, Mm-hmm. Ghost Rider, Gillies. There you go. He shows Original up near the end, and I thought that should have gone further. So when you go back to some of the people that made appearances, non-superpowered people, right? You got uh, Dr. Myron Wilburn. So Dr. Myron Wilburn was the administrative director. His first appearance is Marvel 2-in-1, issue number 53. Yep. And then you got Dr. Margaret Mayfair, uh, director, sorry, director of marketing, first appearance, Marvel 2 and 157. So Marvel 2 and 1 had a lot to do with this location coming up, first and foremost. Uh, Dr. A- Dr. Anson Harkov, he's the director of research. He showed up in Marvel 2 and 1 in number 57. Quasar, as you mentioned, his first appearance was uh, Wendell Vaughn, formerly security officer, uh, and active in Marvel 2 and 1 in issue number 53. So we're, we're going way back with these characters. Mm-hmm. You know, Guardsman, who you mentioned, so the main, the first guardsman from what I'm seeing here was Michael O'Brien, mm-hmm. uh, former head of security. He was active in Avengers number 236, but he gets the armor and we can go more into that. Then, of course, they show the standard uniform, which was blue with like, you know, darker, blue, like light blue kind of jumpsuit with dark blue gloves, dark blue uh, boots. And it formed like a V pattern in dark blue exposed. And that was just their normal, hey, you know. Any person working there, that was their uh, attire if you're working Beautiful. below deck, so yeah. to speak. Then there was uh, Dr. Henry Sorrell, who was head of the compound, and he made his appearance in Marvel 2 and 1, issue number 55. So all around the 50s, they're all kind of popping up real quick. And then the last one I have here is Dr. Jenny O'Connell, uh, psychiatric psychiatrist, first appearance in Marvel 2 and 1, issue number 53. So pretty much in 53, a lot of them showed up, followed in issue 55, and then so forth. Now, the guardsman, you know, uh, as I said, well, well, really, Michael O'Brien. So Michael O'Brien, he was a head of security at one point. And because he was head of security, he got version of a lesser version of the Iron Man armor. And that was to help kind of keep things secure because they were bringing in. They had villains down below that were studying their powers. They had other heroes that volunteered. But really, they had villains on board. I mean, there was Solar. There was Rhino. There, you know, Aww. the list goes on. 
Yeah. Now, I don't know why Rhino would be there for them to study. You know, that's what I found weird because he doesn't have any energy powers. But he, 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 um, Rhino was one of them for some reason. Uh, let's see here. Project Pega. Yeah. They had a, uh, I will find more. I know there was like a, yeah, here we go. So Quasar, right? He and Quasar was there for like seven years as a head of security. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to see, I, you know, uh, sorry, I'm going through so many notes, so many notes. Mm-hmm. But, as I said, that's one that stood out for me was Rhino. Like, I'm like, why would Rhino be there? Plus, they were, ch- I think they might have been checking the bond on his outfit. Yeah, makes sense because I think that's you're right. They were checking the bond on his outfit because it was kind of grafted to his skin. But it wasn't really more of an energy thing. But hey, research is research. And a lot of that research parlays into maybe storylines. I think they could have happened to present day. Like one, how to contain these heroes uh, or villains that have energy powers. It can go into a whole conspiracy theory. And that's what I would love to see more of. It's like, we know this is the birthplace of the vault. The vault is to contain super villains with various powers, regardless of what those powers are. If it's just plain super strength you have or energy manipulation powers, how to control that. You know, of course, you read what happens in X-Men and they got those callers that kind of take away their powers. They all right, there's there's one connects to the other. Yeah. And that's what I'd like to see more. So I know you had some some notes there on the guardsman, uh Michael O'Brien. Larry, so uh, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this character. And well, in the meantime, Rod, what 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 do you think of Project Pegasus when you were looking into it? Well, I mean, you're looking at it and you're realizing what's this, you know we know it's the base off of the Marvel universe. Um, anybody who doesn't know, you you if you realize where I've ever heard it again from Captain Marvel, from at least from the movie. If you want to at least have some kind of realism, it's the early stages. So I like. Knowing that what we know now is, you know, the fullness of it. And I like that they made that kind of name drop and kind of started off with Project Pegasus, uh, not only from the beginning of, was it the beginning of Iron Man? No, that's right. Avengers. Avengers, when when it collapsed, it was there. That's the first time we heard it. And then later on, they did a prequel back with um, Captain Marvel, at least Mm -hmm. showing that it it was started back then. So we have small little niches and cuts into the MCU universe and giving those who may not know and realize, okay, we're going to build off of that. So realizing that is a, it's basically an organization that is into the research of energy and finding how, you know, how to, uh, what's the best way of saying, what is energy, how we can use it, how can we manipulate it and use it for our, the best ability to, for the planet of Earth, yes. Um, I, I I like that they thought of something. You said in the beginning, it's interesting. You have all these different stuff, but then you realizing what what would you do with it? So it's great that Marvel actually had some type of made sure they made an IP that you can make another place that you could connect to people. Not only about the city and the exit, you know, the X Mansion, the Baxter Building, but what happens with you have all these all these individuals with superpowers? You know, what if somebody wanted to study them? Because in reality, if you think about it, DC has Star Labs. Yeah. This is is the Marvel version of Star Lab. You yeah. can look at it from that. 
Because there's yeah, nobody okay. that I can think of. Well, okay. So is it the, is it the Marvel version of Star Labs? Uh, oh, sorry, is DC is so is this a Marvel version of Star Labs or is it more the Marvel version of Project Cadmus? That's a well, good question. That is a very good question because hmm, if if the researching aspect of it, it'll be more towards Star Labs. Cadmus right? was more for creating and just. Cadmus, we know Cadmus being um, it's a friend, it's a nice making of friends at Cadmus, but you know in the back end it was just pure heather, heather. heather. Um, Project Pat- um, Pegasus uh-huh. wasn't really like an evil type of organization. You, you know what I mean? You you right. brought up a good point in, in thinking about Cadmus, but I didn't even think of Cadmus in that end. I was thinking yeah, because... more of the research aspect of it. You're right. Oh, and, and here's my thing because Project Cadmus. Had its own security officers, right? Well, they had the guardian, yeah. right? Well, he right. ran around blue with a gold shield. He, guardian, he was the head of security. Star it, Labs never really had a head of security. Star Labs is not one location. Yeah. You know, as you see, it starts off as one, and then they seem to have like satellite offices in different cities, depending which version of the uh, DCU you're looking at. Project Cadmus always seemed to be like one main location. Um, now, depending who was writing it. They wrote it if they were a little bit more lean towards good, a lean a little bit towards evil, right? Uh, so once again, it's it's not really been a hundred percent defined, and maybe in my mind, but they did have, and 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 I believe Cadmus came way after Project Pegasus, like creation wise. I'm talking, you know, in the comic. Oh books. yeah, no, for, no, for, right. I'm, I'm sure, man, so I'm sure. Man. Did you they can, get influenced? Can... Did, did someone at DC look and go look over the fence and go, "What are they doing <laughs> over there?" Political Wilson, oh. Heidi Ho, neighbor. Heidi Ho, neighbor. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. Um, so, Wilson. Well, that's that's now you're just that's another that's another part conversation we can maybe bring up before the end of the show, if not. But I didn't. I never really thought of Project pa- Pegasus to be Project Cadmus. Hmm. Because what, now let's go back. Let's, let's stay on target. We can come back. We can come back to this. Yeah, no, so, let's stay on target. Let's stay on target. Right, right. So it, I'm not. I'm first person to go off target. Uh, in issue 42, the thing comes busting through with really? his fist, and the guy turns around and says, "Who's punching through six inches of titanium steel? steel. <laughs> like it's nothing." That's the first line, and this is why I like old school Marvel. I find more the, the new stuff today. That you open the first page, they're talking. Page two, they're talking. Page three, they're talking. Page four, it might be a throwdown. Some some actions that happen. Old school Marvel, page one, without any backstory. Because if you read issue number 41 of Marvel 2 and 1, it's the thing and uh, Brother Voodoo, right? Right. Like finishing off a storyline with Black Panther. Okay. And then automatically issue 42 all you do is you open the page and the thing is punching through a wall. Two right. you know, security guards are there. They're telling you how much and how thick this is, what's going on. They don't know. By the time you turn to page two, Captain America is there. It's like, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. But you see, in that standpoint, if you look at the back of it, because I have it open just to yeah. get that visual it's looking like a very large research, you know, research warehouse. It's very, very large, so everybody can get yeah. a visual. It's like, it's like, it honestly makes you feel like it's like two or three 
airplane hangers combined. Like it's really big and high and deep. And it's like, you know, Jack Kirby making great equipment that is so big and like saying, I don't know where the hell I'm storing this. Like if anybody had to move this, we basically had to build it from scratch. Uh, you know, we're building whatever equipment right here. Bring the parts. Like we're not making building someplace and bring it here. It got built here, right here. So large stuff. But the visual to it makes me feel of some type of star lab in another section. You know, it's it's a it's yeah. a place for equipment, you know, experimenting of stuff along that line. Cannabis to me was more manipulative, you know, you see the genome, but maybe because my mind is thinking young justice and I got the more I got the more modern okay. touch to it scenario. Right. That was more hidden stuff, more we're doing some manipulation. Cadmus is AK Amanda. <laughs> so we know who okay. she is, what she's all about. So she's not there trying to, in her view, let me stand back. Mm -hmm. In her view, she mm -hmm. feels she's doing something for the greater good of mankind. Yes. Mm. Maybe her attack is a little bit hard. Maybe her attack is like saying, I will just like, it was for the greater good of you United States of America. You just shoot somebody else. Yeah, I said the Suicide Squad. Don't worry about it. Keep moving. Yeah. Keep moving. <laughs> yeah, but you got okay. With Cadmus, though, you got two things going on because you've got the fact that Lex Luthor is funding it. Well, yes. This, this but is... but you've got the former Newsboys uh -huh. that were the 1940 Guardian sidekicks. You know, this cop was protecting. Yes. That are now the doctors running Cadmus and cloning people, including themselves and the original Guardian. Because the Guardian <laughs> at Cadmus is a clone of the original Guardian. Yep. He's also right. Roy, Roy Harper's uncle, but that's a we'll totally get into, different we'll story. We'll get into the DNA later with that. We'll get into that's the a DNA. a totally different later. story. But so you've got good guys, you got good guys yeah. trying to run the place, but you're backed by Luthor. <laughs> Uh, but you see, I don't know if I would call. Uh, see, that's that's where I'm like, it's to me, it's a it's a stupid slope. It's back. I, I think in the reverse, it's backed by evil doers, <laughs> and you just have a front man or you have an individual, the guardian. But again, you can just manipulate, make him feel like, yeah, you're. This is a good compound. What you're doing here is saving the world and helping out American people. Great, I'm doing my part. Sign me up. Not really behind the Don't let Guardian know that we do evil stuff around here. Don't let him know. But whatever you do, don't let Guardian know. He'll freak out. You know, he just gets, you know, just don't let him know. <laughs> but those boys that were the that were the Newsboy Legion, basically. Huh? Right. They were good guys. Right. I, I can see that. But that's what I'm like saying. But, you know, you know, they're the worker so, bees. Do what you got to do. Don't, you know, Lex don't a, worry about a smooth talker. Well, that's, you know, you know. You don't know what Rex is doing upstairs, you know? You know, the executive, you know? It's above my pay grade kind of conversation. I don't know what they're doing upstairs. Uh, I, we still get we still get lunch on Fridays, right? Okay, cool. Right. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'm, but, I'm it was, but with Project <laughs> Pegasus, it seems right. that the good guys are running the place, but you have some evil doctors. Yes, exactly. They have their own agenda. So, and here's, and, 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 and Rod, you made a very good point there right you made a whole thing so you said project academist you said amanda waller so keep in mind now amanda waller was running blackgate prison that's where she ran out the suicide squad right so yeah. she was using uh project academist to kind of get a better understanding 
of heroes. And this is what the government in DC universe was doing, using that project Cadmus to understand okay. how the heroes and villains function so they can come up with weapons and deterrents if they got out of line, you know, right. and yes, that's yes, yes, how yes. they kind of did it. Okay. And Amanda Waller was my, okay. But now let's go back for half a second. Project Pegasus was doing pretty much the same thing. The same thing. Backed, backed yeah, by the no, government, yeah. not backed by, yeah, yeah. you know, uh, the from that standpoint. Yeah. Right. But then it births into the vault. It, it's almost like DC kind of went, as you put it, Hey, hey, neighbor, what's happening there? Uh, howdy ho, neighbor. Howdy ho, neighbor. So <laughs> now if the government, let's go to it, right? Captain America, super soldier, right? He's yeah. Captain America. He, we yeah. know he's see, and there's storylines around that he is still a U.S. official. In the eyes of the government, he's still a soldier that reports to them. In storylines, he's worked with Nick Fury yeah. in the comic book, in the movies. That's that's it. It's salute Captain America. Got it. Underneath there, Steve Steve Rogers stole dog tags, soldier, super soldier. Yeah, working with the government. The government does not control majority of the heroes that are out there. I'm talking Marvel strictly, right? Don't control okay, the okay, heroes yeah, that are out yeah. there. If you are a government official, normal person, you you put yourself, it takes you seven days to for the scab to come over and stop. And, okay, you don't have a healing factor. You don't have mm-hmm. super strength. You don't have invulnerability. And more and more of these super-powered people are popping up where you live, where you govern. As a government... You first are saying, what do we got to do? First, we need to understand them. Right. And then we need to be able to control and contain them just in case. Now, you sell that, everyone's going to say, oh, yeah, makes sense, makes sense, makes sense. And then you can have someone in the back of the room pulling the Cobra commander going, yeah, but what if I can just use it to further my agenda? And it takes just <laughs> one person to say, yeah, yeah. There's always going to be one. There's always going to be one. So I, I, I will agree. I fully understand. There will always be at least a Cobra Commander, a Scar, a Scar Scream, someone in the background who has their own agenda to take over leadership and say, "I think I could do it better than you." Right. I understand. It's like you want to contain. Uh, I, I want, I want to rule. So there's where the I think, and, and this is my own opinion, that I would love to see. Project Pegasus show more of their inner workings. I I would love to see yeah. that goes into my whole thing of world building. That goes into all of that. I, now, Larry, I know you read the Project Pegasus saga, right? I admit I did uh, not read the Project Pegasus saga. Do they cover more of their inner workings within that saga and how they cover certain things? No, not a lot. Not a not lot. lot. No, they're basically they're dealing with their various break-ins, right? I mean, you start with a kidnapping with yeah. Wandar twice because he gets kidnapped by the bad guy, and that's why Cap and the thing have to fly off in the aircraft. Mm-hmm. Then you have five, well, seven issues before you even talk about Project Pegasus again. Then you're at a card game with Wendell Vaughn, Quasar, and Ben. All right, Wendell's being head of security, and Ben is being assigned to security temporarily. To help out. Because they're having these break-ins. And that's what you're dealing with through most of it. Break-ins and people like changing. Like Dr. Leitner. Formerly Black Sun. Okay, he got cured by Thor. 
Yes. Uh, basically. He ends up getting infused with energy, becomes the Nth Man. This basically destroys the universe that the Squadron Supreme comes from later. Yeah. So. So he dies. Yeah, no. He becomes something else. He becomes the Sorcerer Supreme of their universe. Oh my gosh, yes. That's what I mean. Like, there's so many ties to this location yeah. of yeah. what happened. And, and then, after you finish the Project Pegasus Saga, which is the Nth Man, the creation of the Nth Man, mm-hmm. which is just this big black void, uh, white void, I should say. Big white void is what he looks like. When that finishes, and by the way, this is also where Wandar becomes the Aquarian. Right, and his, yeah. Pa- and his powers change from manipulating energy to basically anything energy-related, he shuts down. Hmm. Including superpowers. Man. Yeah. Okay, so, right. Right, so that's where you get a, the Aquarian. Um, so Project Pegasus, like, transforms people. Um, but then you don't see it for like several, several issues, and then it pops up again in both Iron Man and Fantastic Four, which I thought they would show up earlier, right? Seeing that it had the uh, uh, the link to the yeah. So not for sure. And this is <laughs> where we get into the fact that it's like you've got this great place for storylines to come out of, and you don't use it. Now that's my frustration. There you go. Don't 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 get him started, Larry. You got him started. I wanted to. (laughs) (laughs) That's my frustration. That you go, you make such a wealth of place with Mm -hmm. okay, we 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 you've detailed each and every single floor. You've got all the heads, you've got all the departments, you make it right there. You start a storyline that's action-packed from issue number one, you know, 42, page one. It's going in there. And there's no and that's why I think uh, I, they focus maybe somewhat too much on the characters. We got to focus more on the place. Sometimes, you know, the Bat Cave is a Bat Cave. Nothing happens in the Bat Cave unless Batman is in the Bat Cave. If Quasar is gone doing a mission with the Avengers or he's in outer space, things are still happening because people are punching in every day, Monday to Friday, click, 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 doing their eight hour shift at Project Pegasus, being above ground, below ground. So storylines are constantly moving. Villains are being constantly shipped there, shipped out. I want to know more of the research. When they did the research and made the Cosmic Cube or re-energized the Cosmic Cube there, how did it just stop? Do you have something? So, the, okay. okay. See? Okay. So, the brain's exploding. Soviet, you had the Soviet super soldiers. They had their whole run. We know that they're making their own army over there. The Soviet Union is making their own army in there. Good or bad, they want to control it. They want to get more of a control of the heroes or villains that are popping up on their soil. Mm -hmm. We know through multiple issues, they always send spies over during the Cold War era, right? There was a spy when Hulk was created, the the abomination. So they're sending spies all the time over. How come I'm not seeing something similar? Pardon me? Black Widow was one. Black Widow, yeah, Black Widow was one, exactly. But how come I'm not seeing more spies trying to get into Project Pegasus? And why am I not seeing uh, a version of Project Pegasus showing up in the Soviet Union, what showing up in Germany, you know, mm-hmm. all the other superpowers? Because the heroes, villains, they just look at them as weapons of mass destruction. This started the whole Civil War storyline. Project Pegasus should have been the front and foremost place, in my opinion, 
in Civil War, the first one, to say, hey, because the government should come in and say, wait a minute, we have someone that can lift 100 tons. We've got someone that can fly to this, you know, to the to the moon back. Multiple people fly to the moon back and forth, teleport, uh, uh, shift reality. Right? Like if you look at the scope of the powers, good or bad, Magneto controls magnetism. He can draw mm-hmm. the iron out of the air and make objects just with concentration. And Project Pegasus is not working towards that. You know, I know Roxanne Oil. They, they, yeah, we're we're an oil company, but below ground, it's something. Yeah, it's something different, and we know they're shifty. That's a whole you know Deathlock storyline. But why is Project Pegasus not doing more? You set them up with people. You set them up with a guardsman armor. You 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 set them up as a location, and then it's just once in a blue moon when the writing is oh. Did anyone mention Project Pegasus for the past 10 years? No. Oh, we got to mention it in an issue. Just, all right, card games happening with the guardsmen. Okay, we're good. All right, let's move on. No. Right. I want to see how they deal with other superpowers, other companies that are trying to do the same thing. You know, you got Burger King, you got McDonald's, right? Like they, they probably have their own level of security looking at what kind of burger you're doing. What kind of burger are you doing? What do you buy? What are you buying? Are you making coffee? Oh, we doing breakfast sandwiches. <laughs> like, it's, you know what I mean? It's the it's the the hamburger wars. This is energy wars dealing within the Marvel universe superpowers. We know we focus a lot on North America, but there's super villains and powers all over. And Listen, I think yeah. it would be awesome to take some of them that have kindly disappeared, but bring them back in a, a good storyline, not a cheesy storyline. The no, X Men, sure. the X Mansion, it's always something that's going to happen above ground or below ground. I want to see that more at Project Pegasus. Great, Barry. You've come up with the next crossover event, Energy Wars. It's true, though, right? <laughs> but it is. It is. I, I, I just sometimes feel, you know, we've, we've had the discussion in regards to writing and plots that back then, they just didn't feel it was worthy to do that. They probably felt that no one would would want to know this, the, the inner workings of the organization along that line. Just talk about it. Hey, something's there. Give them a layout, give them a blueprint, and call it a day. Nowadays, I believe that discussions about that, giving people better insight by saying, listen, if we're going to make this world as realistic as possible, these are questions someone has to have, has to be asking. So we answered it back in the days, in the 70s, and we didn't touch about it no more. Okay, this is 2023 now. 2024 is just around the corner. Sorry, it's 24 right now. So let's go. Let's let's talk about it and make that a reality because you're I really I agree with you. And I, I really agree that that type of content can be explored. People will actually be interested in that and basically give you the opportunity to say, okay, if you start thinking about it and giving little bullet points about particular characters, clearly you're now gonna open up a door where you can easily connect the dots from other IPs back to the Pegasus project storyline and give it a little bit more depth. Like you said, in the movie, they did it just like, and just call it a day. No, no, no. We're going to have to go up closer, go up for a layer, go up instead of just shooting from the outside. Let's go in the paint. Let's go in. Let's talk about it and and get more in depth in it. Because to me, it does make sense. It can work. Yeah. Okay. Here's the thing. Everyone knows about S.H.I.E.L.D. and the MCU. 
right? They, right. they loosely mentioned damage control in Spider-Man universe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Ms. Marvel. Which is Marvel, exactly, right? right. Are we not getting Project Pegasus more? All right. And here's my theory. We're the Avengers, right? Okay. Turn around. We do what we got to do. We fight Thanos. We win. We get the glove. We got all the Infinity Stones, gems, and all that. Are you going to, is the government, and think about this logically, is the government going to let all those stones stay at the Avengers compound? No, because they are not Avengers funded. Well, somewhat loosely, because in the MCU, they kind of took the, the ultimate storyline that Mark Miller kind of put together, right? So it, it's a blending of the two. But still, mm-hmm. they're not full out. They're superheroes. Full, okay, they have other people there at the base. But these are all energy-based weapons. So, on rights, in my mind, S.H.I.E.L.D. should have said, hey, thanks, you know, Avengers, for doing what you got to do. We're going to take all these artifacts. Now, should they stay at S.H.I.E.L.D.? No, they shouldn't stay at S.H.I.E.L.D. because S.H.I.E.L.D. is more of a spy organization, um, military, whatever it is. They're going to give it to someone who's going to research it, which is a division. I don't find this. I don't, I'm full of it. It's a division of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is Project Pegasus. Here's the Tesseract, and here's the Infinity Stone. Right. I, that's a part I was going to bring up. But yeah, you're right. They no, go already. ahead, go ahead, man. What's no, but, it, but that's a part I was going to say. What you're saying, and I was thinking, like, that's literally, like I said earlier, that the last time in the timeline, the yeah. last time they brought up about the Project uh, Pegasus is when it collapsed. When in Avengers, in the first Avengers, when Loki was and yes. Hawk was breaking out with the Tesseract. That was it. It should be so. Technically, I can probably understand maybe why we don't hear about it is because it was it was burnt down, broken down, fell apart, caved in. It's it's rubble. Someone should be building another one. Someone should be. That, that, and that's fine for the movies, but the problem is that hasn't happened in the comics. True. True. So in the comics, where's it? So in the comics is they really like you said they don't talk about it. But still it's, it's still it's still it's still it, the the, bal- the 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 building's still there. Yeah, right? so it's a nuclear reactor. Okay, so so physically, <laughs> the physically there's still an address. Someone can initially knock on the door, swipe their access card, and hopefully go downstairs a couple of sub levels, go to the cafeteria room, get a sandwich, and start doing work. Okay. Yeah. And they could even cause the nuclear reactor to go into meltdown. We won't get there yet, Larry. We'll, we'll hold on. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the actions of Larry R is, uh, Larry R is going a little bit over the, going back. Let's, let's not hit those code numbers yet, Larry. Let's, let's not give them, let's not give them the codes. Let's not give them the code numbers. Oh, but Larry's on the point, right? It's, it, in, a, in the comic it's, books, it's still, it's still there. there. It's still active. It has, that's the MCU's version of it is burn it down. Okay. Oh, everything's gone. It's still yeah. there. The guardsmen so, are still there. It has directors are still there. Everyone is still there in the roles, and they just don't focus it. Now, that being said, there's a whole storyline where ready the for that. thing, you know, this was like, the thing walked in there, punched through the wall, and broke it down, and he broke some stuff, and he hit some people. Do you think there was any repercussions for that? Not in the comic books. Now, you know, the smart thing would be to say is like, hey, man, the thing just broke this wall. He broke all this equipment. You know, the thing's best friend is Reed Richards, right? Sometimes you got to take the hit to get the hit because all it needs is someone to go over there to the Baxter building and say, Hey, Reed, yeah. So you know your boy. Yeah, about to say, you know what your boy did? You know what your boy did? 
He he broke up all this equipment. You know, and then Reed's gonna sit there. And what's the first thing Reed always does? Reed feels guilty that he's not 100%. able to cure Ben. And that plays right. on the emotional point with it. And as his best friend, Reed's not gonna go to his best friend going, Man, you suck. Reed's gonna go, Okay, Ben lost his temper. Don't worry about it. How uh-huh. can I help? Well, Reed, <laughs> what are you working on? That right. you might be able to let us have. So let's say we forget this incident. Yeah. You know, like Gilbert Godfrey in, in Beverly Hills Cop. Sir, if you give me something in this hand, will it make you forget what's in this hand? If I give you something, will you forget these tickets? <laughs> yeah, but you also gotta you also gotta understand that at that time Reed was like one of the richest people in Marvel Comics with all his patents. Mm. True. True. Yes. That's how they get so Reed can either pay or I'm sure as a government official, let's be real, they don't want the money. The money's not the issue. They just want to use that as a hook to kind of say, hey, Reed, come on board with we us want for uh, a week. Yeah, a week. we want your intellect. Just Reed Richard, all we need is a maximum week of your time to help us with this research project that will put right. us 10, 20 years ahead of ourselves. Right. And let's just call it even. Right. Because you know, Reed, 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 Reed. Right. He would do but, it. Yeah, Reed would do it. But you know, originally, prior to Ben breaking down the wall, Reed Richard, um, Dr. Richard, we need your help. Now, I got no time for you. Now, I got no time for you. Now, I got no time for you. Like you said, his guilty conscience will come in. All right, what do you want? Um, what are you working on? Listen, the point is, if they're smart, they will say, we have nothing. Give us something. Because if you if you come with something to him, right, they'll come to something to him and be like, Oh, okay. Here, here's the answer. Turns into like how, if we're gonna go to the MCU, how um Tony Stark was smart enough after having a drunken spur with um the girl for um oh come on um when he woke up the next morning with the answer on the back of the napkin how to mm. how to right you know he helped her out. Yeah. He could have done something more. He said that. I don't remember doing that. Did I do that? Oh, probably when I woke up, I, oh, here's the answer. So that's small bees to him. Yes. She came to him with a problem that's big for her. He's like, <laughs> still in a drunken stirrup, you know, hickering after all the alcohol he had. Yeah. And he still figured out for her. My suggestion would be, Reed, we got you in the hook. Reed, give us something. Give us something. Because whatever we're going to tell you, it's going to be so small potatoes to you. That is going to take you half an hour, and we want you for a week. So I need something out of your head that will last, that will confuse you. Bring it, bring it here, Mister Richard. Bring it here, Mister Richard, and that's it. Then you win, win, win. Yeah, chicken. The call. This is a crossover. Sorry, go on, Larry. Here's another one, just to bring th- make things even worse. Um, <laughs> Nitro is being studied by Project Pegasus. What yes. started off the Civil War? Nitro with the New Warriors. Yeah. 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 The New Warriors had a reality show at this point, and they were trying to capture Nitro. Which means uh, they... Nitro escaped? Yes. Nitro escaped, and he was in Wisconsin, I think it was. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and, his, and the house he was at was across the street from an elementary school. school. Yep. And Speedball. With, you know, with Night Thrasher, but Speedball was the one going in. They, it was a reality show, and Nitro does what Nitro does. Oh, geez, I'm about to be attacked. Explode! And Excelsior! Out. 
Yeah, it took out the yeah. elementary school, which started the Civil War. And that's why Speedball went with Darkball or whatever it was, I think, at one point. And he had spikes on his costume because he felt extremely good. Pardon me? Penance. 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 Thank you. Penance. Penance. Yes. 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 Hey, but hey. doesn't this mean that um, Nitro. Pegasus is partially responsible for Civil War? Yep. Yep. And how come they weren't hunting down their escapee? <laughs> If you escape a prison, guards from the prison are hunting you down along with local police, right? Usually. So Project Pegasus has the guardsmen, a division that have been out there with whoever the head of security was at that moment looking for him. You you guys are thinking too common sense. You guys are thinking like too (laughs) common sense right now. Because in reality, that would have been, that would be a full write-up in that sense of Project Pre- Pre- people be like Project Pegasus. Who's this? I don't remember that. Then you're gonna go into a backstory, and then you're gonna go like saying, "Wait a minute, you're supposed to be this high security, and you let out this guy Nitro. You know, somehow he escaped. Nitro, if we remember, he he wasn't really. I don't remember him being like a, a bad. He's not a rhino. He's not. He's not. You know what I mean? He wasn't like a claw. He wasn't someone that you like saying, "I need to. We got to make sure we have like twenty four hours." Three security cameras on him at all single times. That if one breaks down, we still he, he was. It's just he was Marvel. Marvel. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like thinking, my my mind that is trying to think, how did he escape? For us, for anybody to write that up it, in real world, to write that up, the amount of questions that they're gonna have to answer. Just say the boy. The boy escaped. He's from where? He just escaped. I'm leaving it yeah, at that. Deeper, but it's too right? much, it was too much for that. I think I think at the time, writing it would have been too much question for people. People would not like, want to understand that. I would say now if we brought that back, now you could talk about Project Pegasus and just say, oh. yeah, Look, he figured I'll, he got out. I'll oh, hit you with this one, right? If, well, here's my thing. If they had to do this right now, we're going to get to this point, right? So if we, we had, if I had to turn around and adapt it, here's my adaptation of Project Pegasus. Hmm. Bear with me. I would give me a, you know, give me like a Loki kind of style series. Project Pegasus. Right? Mm-hmm. You got to break it down like two halves. So give me that. I would love to see it live action. I don't want to see a cartoon. Give me live action. Give me Project Pegasus. Let's go down there like Loki. But you got to write it almost like Law and Order. Okay? So what I mean is, in Law and Order, what do we get every episode of Law and Order, regardless of what it is? SVU, criminal intent, whatever it is. They always break it in two halves. First half is the officers investigating certain things. Second half is the courtroom, right? Project Pegasus has got to be written the same way. First half is the guardsmen, the security officers dealing with what's going on. And then the second half is the research that is happening behind it. That's the way I see it. So when I hear the time, it's like, okay, fine. We know and go back to that Nitro storyline. Nitro escaped. How did Nitro escape? Clearly it had to be somewhat of an inside job. I would even go as far as bringing in other operatives to say someone helped Nitro escape, you know, to go to all places, a small town in Wisconsin to hide out until they were able to ship him out of North America. I would say it's the enemies of the state, not even other supervillains, right? Because supervillains are very self-serving. But because it's a government facility, if you have the Russians, the Germans, I don't know, uh, you know, Soviet, Soviet, you, 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 any superpower sitting there going, mm-hmm. this guy killed off Captain Marvel. This guy 
explodes with the power of X amount of, you know, bomb force or whatever. Mm. Ah, they had him there. Maybe we can bribe him, get him, understand him, use him against him, you know? And, and the whole thing is always having enemies on your and enemy soil, right? So you have these cells. Like Prince Namor turned around and he's got Atlantean cells of operatives within the U.S. government because it's a political move to keep an eye on the enemy. And if something goes wrong, they can kind of do guerrilla warfare tactics. So someone from the inside had to get into Project Pegasus, help Nitro escape, get him out, down to Wisconsin, lie low here until we can make proper arrangements to get you out of the country. No problem. And then by some fluke, he let himself be seen, got changed down by the amateur team. At the time, they were amateur, which was the new warriors because it wasn't the traditional new warriors. Mm -hmm. This is where it came out. So I would love to see a show breaking down what happens at Project Pegasus and behind the boardrooms. And I want to hear the how they have like billions or succession. I want to hear them saying, hey, man, someone from uh, Roxanne Oil is trying to buy this patent or they're they're making a bid at this company. You know, we have to go and talk to uh, Stark International, Stain International. We got to talk to some of these other people so they don't buy this technology, try to use it against us or stop us from it. I can see the potential risk in this and, you know, and, and have those discussions play out. And there we can get a whole level of other heroes mentioned. It's like, hey, do you realize that Reed Richards said he worked on this thing that goes into another dimension called the negative zone? Negative zone? What energy is in the negative zone? Well, we know that's analysts. Maybe he's got that cosmic tube that's underneath his neck. There's a lot of things that can happen. It doesn't have to be the big, over-the-top superhero battles. It's the boardroom battles that happen. It's the... Perfect. Yeah, it's those go. things that pop out and you're like, oh, it's the inner workings. That's the word I'm looking for. It's the inner workings mm. of how normal people live okay. in a superhero world. Right now, every okay. movie we've seen, we've seen superheroes living in right. a normal world. But how do normal people deal with living with superheroes around them 24-7? It's almost like, oh, right, okay. you live in Tokyo? There's a risk of Godzilla. How do you live day to day knowing that Godzilla can show up? It's like every time you see a flock of seagulls, and I don't mean the band, you see a flock of seagulls show up. It's like, uh-oh, this could go wrong. It's the Thunder Lizard. Yeah, but that's Astro City. Now, I like your idea. Uh, yeah, I change, I tweak it a little bit. Okay. Go on. And I, I, I love when we have this. I'll tell you, Larry, this has happened every once in a while that we just have a story. We just build off of each other. So go. I got, I got a couple of bricks, a couple of bricks here, to bring to the, to the foundation. Let's go. Go on, Larry. Here's, here's what I do. I, I now think of a combination of still the split level, but more SWAT and CSI. Okay. All so right. You got the one group <laughs> doing the science. And getting, getting all the objects, you know, like, oh, whatever happened to Loki's spear? Uh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Okay. 100%. And then you've got the team that's going out after these villains say, oh, I don't know, new champions, new, new, new warriors type. Not, not okay. big, big guys, but lesser guys. But they're working <laughs> with, the government as the SWAT team to go out and get these villains that have energy powers. Mm. All right. Mm. So perfect. Mm. Now here's, mm. here's my, my head, my head was adding on something to 
add a third arc to Barry's, Larry's, yours perfect. Now here's what I would do. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna make this like a Loki. We're gonna do like a Loki uh, live action. We're getting two, three seasons out of this. But this is how it's gonna. This my vision by what you guys said. I'll go with you and Barry first. So yeah, we're gonna do a law and order type of scenario. The courtroom, the judgment room, and then for the story, you do at at the third arc, you do like a prequel because he's out now. Someone had to, like you said, go through the planning stage. And I want that third arc to be dual in the sense like you hear the conversation of the inmates and you hear the conversation of the boardrooms. Like you're saying, hey, the day-to-day, this was what's happening, whatever the case may be. We got Jello on Thursdays, that kind of, you know, that, that, that. Everybody think it's a normal day, you know, because I like seeing, um, I don't know if you ever watched, um, it's on TV right now, Lazarus, the Lazarus yes. Project. Lazarus, Lazarus Project by BBC. Yeah, they're on season two. Larry, if you can find it, watch it. So, watch right. it. Um, right. So at least you you can you know with that you got the you got the operative, you got the people inside, you got the the higher up all talking kind of scenario. So what I would like it will look to me will look really really nice if they if you had show one like we have like say whatever eight shows or ten shows. One right. show is the CI is the law, uh, the law, the judge. And the prison as one show. Mm-hmm. Second show is the uh, CSI and the squat type of conversation. Now you can either have that they basically follow back as a next day, following up on the same storyline. Like this is what happened, progressing in the law, and then you have that, or have have the cops ones first, and you lead right into the law. So it was always A and B, A and B, A and yes. B. Right. And, and going in a storyline, going in the storyline. But to me, we don't have anything like that where you have a progression of story. Like, cause that, those are really is the intricate process of going through any type of law show, any type of detective show, whatever the case may be. You have the different sections, subsections of the storyline. And normally they stop here and we just, Assume the rest is there, or we start here, whatever, whatever. Oh, here we are, and we forget that. Why can't we have all three? And I think it would actually be nice that you can at least tie in that one story arc. So the story arc is going for like two episodes, A and B. You start off with this is what happened. Um, you know, there's a big explosion up in Wisconsin. What the hell's going on? Whatever the case may be. All right, guys, gear up. We're going to investigate. I get in the truck, go check it out. Now it turns into, you know, just like Thor, when they first discovered the hammer was, you know, on the ground, everybody started building up and started to work around it. Just right. you just doing from that standpoint. The next day now you're realizing, oh, wait, the story now starts off. Story, you find out Nitro escaped. Um, we have him. We're taking him into custody. We're bringing up charges and all that kind of stuff. And so forth and so forth. And to me, it would always be great that we're now trying to figure out the story of how this all happened. And the very last arc of part B tells us how it actually started. Then you start seeing the storyline. Six months before. Six months before. Um, I need to get out of here like night now. I can't take this place. People are getting upset. Okay, Nitro, Nitro, listen, I've been working on something. 
I've been watching the guys. I see when they come, you know, the rotation is, you know, Billy, I'm always nice and friendly with Billy. And I know if I really, you know, I can just, you know, listen, I'm a pickpocket by trade. I'm able to get these keys. I can organize an X, Y, X, Y, X, Y, X, Y. And you start seeing on the final third act how he escaped. The plan set up. Who we talked to, who we got to rub shoulders with and get barter with them. Listen, I'm going to give you a bunch of smokes for access for this. Now, people may say it's going to get tiring at the end. Eh. If Not you really. look at the, no, 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 but it's the same. Some people might say that, but then if you go to um, the the TV show Prison Break, Prison Break, look how long they did Prison Break. Mm-hmm. The amount of stories and the amount of setups they did for that. Listen, there's too many arcs in there that you can pull up that you're not going to double up as much on the final arc, the final act of how that prisoner escaped. To me, that will be a one, two, three trio. All three of us put that in together. That, to me, will be the wildest show ever. Okay, so, you, so you're basically telling me what, what we're seeing is opening scene. Um, guards with armor, and maybe a couple other minor superheroes mm-hmm. show up at a house. Boom. Okay, we start. Yeah, well, let's start. Let's start that. The kick down the door. We can start that. I start as the alarm going off, like the firehouse kind of scenario. All right, we gone out. Or Act One. Right. Screen right. open up. All right. right, guys, go. Right. But then we get. But then we get. We get into the investigation and so on. The things happening. We get into the government stuff coming up, coming up saying, Hey, what the fuck happened? Uh, and then maybe episode three, we get six months ago. You see, my, my scenario is I didn't want to go episode three. So I would have done episode one, episode two, but it's, it's, we will now be, we will accustomed to, we all know that when they do any particular continuation, you know, it's always going to continue to the next one, whatever. But yeah. I would have one story is basically three parts. It's like one third is one like sorry, two thirds of one show, and then the last third of that. And you know what I mean? It's like it cuts in that it, no matter what, it's a smooth sure, transition. So you have your main story, you have a subplot going the whole time throughout the whole. Series. Going for the whole time, whatever the case may be. So I don't go in for a third episode. I'd rather have it all done by the the last half or the last two uh, like two thirds. Of the or the last last third or last half, whatever the case may be, of the second episode is when they start the whole. This is how it started. So the whole time now we're all trying to figure out the whole show, going through being our own little you know private detective trying to figure mm-hmm. out. I listen. I honestly, like I've said in the show, man, I love Castle. So I'll be mm-hmm. like throwing throwing theories up like crazy, seeing what sticks, what what makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I'll throw I stories see, like Castle. You see, I just see that big explosion. You know, five minutes in. Like what yeah. the hell? That's your hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hook, exactly. <laughs> and and then it's a matter of who's responsible. Was the guardsmen not clearly? They know they're chasing nitro. They know what can be done. They should have scoured that 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 area, right? If we're going with a comic book version, if there's an elementary school yeah. across there, now you know it, the school could be empty at the time. They, you know, or it could be daytime. But we could see that. I could see the guys been flying in and saying, "Okay, you've you've located them. Do not move in." And then someone gets antsy, maybe out of the junior superhero team, and it starts. Right. As as much as that happens, it comes down to questions of how did he get out, who yep. helped him, and yep. how was he not 
properly contained or how come you didn't survey the the area before engaging right Those are a lot of questions I, and I, they got to defend like so project pegasus is almost trying to apprehend the villain and defend themselves mm-hmm. at the same time and mm-hmm. trying to deflect, deflect blame and then to your point it's not just about nitro you're right what happened to loki's spear let's look at the right, mcu right. but and also, some of the other items that have yeah. been lost but before we get there, the other thing about that is then you can get into the uh, dealing with the aftermath and even possibly bringing up the registration. Yes. Listen, when you said that earlier, my mind went there and I'm like saying, we're not going to pull that. We're not going to pull that thread. We pulled it. Okay, cool. So, but yeah, it, that that exactly both points you're saying about missing items and stuff like that. Those are stories that you can have. You can have a two arc story. Our two episode story for something like we're saying, you can have one episode about what happened to Loki's um um Welcome. Where is Aftermath. it? And and, mm-hmm. and 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 you have you have another story type of arc where we're not talking about the villains or who's inside. Let's start talking about the other end of Project Academy. Pa- I mean Academy, hear me. Pegasus. Uh Project Pe- Pegasus in regards to, you know, mysterious, you know, off-world type of, you know. Items, stuff that are on, you know, unknown, and we want an answer to it. Yeah, we can start studying about that. So, what's this about? Uh, I don't know. It's some type of, you know, radiation. It's like, you know, energy, and you go through different fields. Then we start going into the CSI. We start doing CSI Las Vegas when we start testing out stuff on pigs, and you know, it, it, it becomes it becomes so tactical. You're like, oh, that makes sense. Oh, even me and my crazy self, I figured that yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Great. Rod's creating space orcs. Let's go. Let's go. Have you on the show? (laughs) I'm telling you, listen, Marvel, there's three people here. We have some ideas. We can do something. Let's have a conversation. Even if it's not even live action, even in the comic book, to your point, right? Project Pegasus. I know they. It's still around. It's it's, it's still around. There, do There's something. Be some I, that's my my main pet peeve. I find that a, a lot of writers within the past couple of years are always trying to create the next big villain, next big event, next big location. But there's locations that have been established for years that have just quietly gone away, and no one's talked to them. No one's used them. They're just there. Stop trying to make the next big thing all the time. Um, you know, like currently I'm seeing like Nightcrawler as a Spider-Man costume. I'm like, and, and they changed that whole history. Don't even get me started on that. Let's listen. just, yeah, yeah. Thank listen, you. Listen, you know, no, I, I, my mind is blowing up on this part right now because in reality, we've seen, we've seen shows who do stuff like say we went back. We we're talking about James Bond and having that. So in reality. Someone had a joke saying that someone had a, a, a script somewhere with the same kind of joke, like saying, hey, this is the layer that someone used, had, uh, it's up for sale. Can, can, can we can we buy it? So if, if there have been actual physical addresses, physical locations that have been known in the MCU, or not MCU, in the Marvel universe, in the Marvel comic book world for Reach. so long, Reach. no one is using it. Okay, we have we have damage control. Why the hell don't we have, we should have a, you should have, well, there should be, under S.H.I.E.L.D., should have a way of knowing all these other locations, who has these locations, 
And either if they're not surveillance, being surveillance because they're no longer being used, fine. But that, that you know, uninterrupted volcano still has, you know, you know, 10 inches of you know, steel wall, you know, it, it, there's a subfloor in there. Someone, someone can literally just move in and live in there. Who could go in there? Some, some villain realized, you know what? I came across this, pulling like a, brat, like a Bruce Wayne. I came across this cave and I just realized, wow, I can probably use this. And someone uses it. And no one knows for like about a year as they're building up their organization, pulling like a Cobra commander and, and, and Cobra, hiding us somewhere that no one knows. Listen, if the, if the place has already been established, if no one's using it, we're going to go with a storyline like, yeah, that organization, you know, they ran out of money. Real talk, you need funds. You need capital to keep an organization going. And if you can't do any more black market stuff to keep money coming in, listen, that organization is going out of business. They didn't have a proper financial advisor to help them how to put money together. Shame on you. Guess what? Your loss is my gain. Ten years from now, I'm going to use that volcano and have myself something going on there. Our nation. Rob, That's how the beginning. Rod, stop squatting at Department H. Ah. Tell you. Put me out on the field, coach. Ready. <laughs> Department H. There we go. There we go. See, Larry, you said it at the very beginning of this episode, right? If you want some money, you're building the X-Mansion. Now, let's go back for half a second with that logic. What happened oh to the X-Mansion? Now, multiple times, it gets blown up. It gets destroyed. But the lower levels always survive. Who realized that? My boy, Cable. Cable, and when it was New Mutants, Cable came in, involved, and he's like, hey, we're here at the X-Mansion. Don't worry. The sub-level survived the explosion. We're going to live in the sub-levels because there's everything we need for medical, transportation, computers, danger room, uh, living quarters that are all there and more below <sighs> level. And he just moved the rubble out of the way of the trap door. And that's where he started off with the New Mutants when Cable came on board. And then they changed to X-Force. And that was their base of operations until the X-Men came back and said, we're building this back up. I mean, someone's living in our lower levels. I'm in living your lower Heck is you. Right. You don't know me, but I know all of you. Hey, Dad. <laughs> what? I'm out. Okay? The Cyclops, and he was gone. Okay. Smoke off. And that's, yeah. that's the mm-hmm. whole thing. Is that Even though these buildings are there, I watch my favorite show I like to watch is Tales of the Abandoned, okay? You watch Tales of the Abandoned, they go worldwide, they find all these abandoned bridges, abandoned buildings, and it's all dealing with a lot of wartime stuff. And you look at it and you're like, holy crap, okay, how come we don't have something like that right now? And now going back to, as you're saying, damage control. Damage control in the MCU found all this alien technology from the first Avengers movie that's just lying across New York and they're cleaning up. You're trying to tell me Project Pegasus is not going to try to get some of that stuff to understand the energy and, and, and stuff more behind it than that? Okay, that's a fail right there. In the Marvel comic books, Project Pegasus is there. It's still got a lot to answer for. It's got a lot it can do. And it also led to other technology that led to the vault. That you know they use there. You got the guardsmen. They they had a, 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 a held down version of the Iron Man armor. Whereas at first it was Tony Stark made one, and then uh, Stain International mass produced it with the intent of mass producing it for other people outside the guardsmen to sell it to yeah. other divisions. So now, how does the normal person deal with superpowers, especially in New York, because there's so many there? How do you deal with it? Well, now we I've got power armor. It, it might not stop someone like uh, Gladiator from the Shi'ar, you know, 
right? It might not stop him. Like, it can definitely stop that low-level criminal that's using a gun. It can stop that low-level guy who's trying to drive away from me. I, I'm more than equipped enough to deal with Daredevil um, and, you know, maybe Power Man and Iron Fist, depending on how the levels of this armor is. I can bulk it up. I can modify it. That is Project Pegasus. And then dealing with energy dampers, energy weapons. It's like they should go in there and say, oh, Nitro, this is his power. This is how it works on a cellular level, molecular level. We have something that can stop that and contain the explosion. So when he tries to explode, we hit him with this ray and it causes a bounding thing so he can't explode. He just kind of gets chubby and then he goes back and he's like, what happened to my power? He's like, ha ha, we got you. Someone knock him out, drag him back to jail. These are all the things that we are missing in the M- in the Marvel Universe comic books, right? And yeah, even yeah. on the MCU that I think that should be addressed or brought to light today. Don't give me the next new big event, like Kokora Island with the X-Men. Yeah, that was how many years ago? Now yeah, you've brought I... that back and you've changed that? Okay, I want to see my Project Pegasus come back. My, if Cadmus is still around, Star Labs is still around, Project Pegasus should be a lot more forefront. And I want to see the inner workings, especially that you put all these directors in place, you've got security officers in place, and your security officers have ties to a lot of the Marvel Universe, and some of them had to go and deal with the uh, Annihilation War. Yeah. All right, that's my rant. Oh, okay. 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 Well, we're gonna get to the end of this episode, but Larry, any any last <laughs> thoughts on on Project Pegasus here? I mean, you brought this up, and I and I love this because yeah. I don't think as fans and even there's stuff I didn't know, right? Uh, you you educated me on the whole parallel with Jack Kirby and and Ben Grimm, which I was beautiful. So, mm-hmm. what, what are your last thoughts? What do you hope to see? Like to see? Maybe going forward from in the future, be it comic book or live action. Well, I mean, we've just got sword in the MCU. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. Although they call it something else, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And Project Pegasus could tie you into that. You've got the fact um, how Mar- the Marvels stuff interrelates, especially the uh, band that Ms. Marvel's wearing. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, all of that kind of stuff. This should be, you know, this should be stu- studied in the MCU. Um, then you've got in the actual comics, and that's where I really like want to see is I want to see some storylines. You know, they don't have to be a long storyline or anything like that. Like, you know, your energy wars, which would be a great idea, though, <laughs> especially if you get get it going between the different governments. Um, but. Um, you know, have it show up every once in a while. I mean, you see Star Labs in every episode of The Flash. Uh, every, you know, um, almost 100%. every Superman comic. So, you know, even if it's just, okay, somebody's cruising through the Adriandrics and they see the old sign for it, you know, <laughs> it's falling apart. Roger pigs this. Yeah. It's it's falling apart, you know. All they know because because it was known that it was a place that they were doing studies. They just didn't know what they were studying as much. Mm-hmm. So, and the fact that there's actually an active nuclear power plant beneath this thing in the Adriatic, you could blow up New York. So if it's abandoned, 
How many supervillains would grab that? Oh, 100%. Organizations. There's yeah. a, there's Hydra. You know, you know, and especially when you got people like Rod who's going to move into like Department H or come down in, down here and take over the vault. <laughs> Since the raft is basically where everybody's going now. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Not a bad idea, Larry. Not a bad idea. <laughs> Sometimes we don't got to go all the way forward to have a great storyline. I like how you named that the energy wars. I mean, but that's essentially what it is. Uh, and, and clearly, I mean, every team has an energy casting person. If I beat if they're real or not, you know, from Firestar, Colossus, um, look, look at his brother, um, Michael, and Michael, yeah, Michael, right? That, yeah. that right. Vulcan, which is the brother, you know, I mean, that's it. The Summers brothers. Enough said. That's it. Right? Cyclops, Havoc, and Vulcan, like, all of them are energy manipulation to a certain degree at a high right. level. Right. Okay, we're not even getting into the Phoenix. I was about, I was literally about to say Phoenix, huh? Got it. There you go. 100%. Right? Like yeah. any, any of them, like, they're all there. Iron Fist, even though it's, it's Chi, he still gets the energy around his fist. Mm-hmm. Question that. Okay. How is that how how is that possible? You need to inquire about that. Just, you know, no, inquiring so minds want to know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Any last words, Rod? Um listen, I'll just say Larry just had a good point in regards to talking about um Star Labs that is all over. And you and it makes sense, going back to what we're saying. When you have certain things that's lying around or certain things like that. How come Project Pack? Well, how come we won't say the name? But how come there's not an organization or someone who's working about it or investigating about it? Someone should have been there. Don't call it, if you don't want to. If you don't want to follow, you know, the source material and call it Project Pegasus, fine. But you should be something right there. But if you don't have anything, Project Pegasus is right there. Use the name. Use it. So I just say, listen, it's it's a it's a great. This is a great time to bring it back. Into the forefront, there's a lot of there's a lot of items that are missing. If you want to name it Project Pegasus and call it the mystical art, I mean the mystical vault, where everything mystical or anything that has a potential to be a deadly weapon or something that could cause some type of catastrophe, you put it in a container and uh. Send it to PP, please. Thank you. Thank you to, to the Project P. Please send it to PP. Thank you. Send it over to the PP world. Let's call it. I, I don't want to make a joke. Call it whatever. Stuff should be in like, you should be pulling like the Italian job, having like, say, five, five different armored trucks. You don't know which one has the actual part and everybody's zigzagging, getting to a destination so no one can pick it up. I'm like, I'm just telling you, stuff like that should literally be done every, at least once a month. In comics, listen. Choose two, choose two issues, two IPs, two separate issues. At some point, let someone talk about it and touch, uh, touch into the world of Project Pegasus. That's it. Alternate it, Marvel. Just alternate it. Let it. One, someone talk about it in X Men. Let someone talk about it in uh, Iron Fist. Like somewhere that at once in a while, someone like saying, out of all the thirty comics, I keep coming back to this Project Pegasus. What the hell is this about? You gonna learn today, sir. You gonna learn yeah. today. 
hey, between Darkhawk and Quasar, that's a good jumping on point. Yep. Larry said it before. He's 100% right. Quasar and Darkhawk, they have ties to it. 100%. Right? Yeah. Well, everyone, this brings us back to the end of our episode, unfortunately. This has been a a pleasure. It was a blast. Uh, And when I say blast, I know it was an energy episode. So here we go. So once again, (laughs) this is the Iconist Podcast. And as always, uh, I'm one of your hosts, Larry3D. On my side is Rod C. DJ Rod C. And our guest again is Larry Reclisado. Yes. Yes. I'm learning. There's hope for Larry X. There's no hope. There's no hope. And this whole world has been, you know, been made 